The Incomparable is brought to you by Rick and Morty, the new Adult Swim animated comedy from the creator of Community. Check it out Monday nights at 10.30 p.m. on Adult Swim. The Incomparable, number 174, Christmas 2013. We are back on The Incomparable Podcast, and it's just before Christmas... And I gotta say, we have completely exhausted our holiday topics. We've done two holiday episodes in a row, and I don't think there's really anything much more to say about the holidays, so we're gonna move on. And uh, I've got a great panel tonight to talk about a uh, fun non-holiday related topic. So let me... You're listening to the incomparable radio shows of the Finley Quality Network. Stay tuned. And now another adventure across time and space from the cosmic files of Nikola Tesla. These are the two-fisted tales of Tesla. Tonight's episode, Too Many Teslas. What fun! I'm sure we're the last people the Clockwork Zeppelins expected to run into on Cestus 3. Too bad they all had to go down in flames. Yes, Nick. Dot, what is it? What's wrong? Nothing. It's just... Never mind. Dot, it's almost Christmas. How can you be sad? <sighs> that's a whole nother kettle of psychology, Nick. But that's just it. How can it be almost Christmas when we're unstuck in time? Thanks to the Tesla we're not bound by chronological order. But Dot, that's why it's ever more important to maintain a sense of order. Why do you think I keep a calendar on the wall there? As a joke. As a reminder of where I am today, December 21st. You haven't changed it in weeks. The day is still young. Now, this sadness you're talking about... I was thinking about family, Nick. It's nothing. Ah! What's going on? I... I don't... I don't know! Well, we seem to have stopped. What happened? You didn't touch any of the switches. Did you feel the way the ship bucked? It was almost as if we were grabbed by some sort of force stronger than the Tesla-lator's magneto-impulsive coils. Easy for you to say. That's odd. What's odd? The lights on the console, they're different somehow. How can that be? I'm not sure. And look, the screen is blank, but we've clearly stopped moving. Wherever we are, there we go. There's oxygen out there. Shall we? After you. Why, this is just an ordinary living room. A hotel room, I think. Look at the door. Room rates. Floor map. Yes, I think you're right, Nick. At least our host is not ahead. And look, a calendar on the wall. Looks like today's December 20th. We've gone backwards. No, we've simply landed somewhere where it's December 20th, 1934. I'm going to guess New York City. Why do you say that? The stationery. 
New Yorker Hotel. <laughs> of, of course. Of course. Um, Nick? Yes, Dot, what is it? Did... Did you close the tesselator door? No. How can that be? You open the door and there's still a closed door there. Yes, Dot, I can see that. I'm right here. What are you doing? I'm going in. Nick, are you sure that's safe? Only one way to find out. Well? Everything looks all right, except... Yes? What day is it today? Seriously, I have no idea. On the calendar, our calendar, what date was on it? Oh, December 21st. You there? Nick? What are you doing? I'm sorry, is, is this your room? I was just... Step away from the Tesla later. Excuse me? Step away from the Tesla later. How do you know what that is? How do you know what that is? Doctor! I'm sorry, Doctor, I don't know how she got in here. is that you? That's quite all right, Miss Ochichonya. I have my suspicions. Oh, Nick, don't you recognize me? I'm sorry, Miss, do I know you? So curious. If I didn't flip the calendar from December 21st, then why does it say April 13th? What's that? What in the blue blazes? Who are you, and where did you come from? I'd ask you the same question, but I think I already know the answer. Why, Professor, he looks just like you, only younger. Doctor. Doctor. He even sounds like you. <laughs> he does it that, Eileen. Why do you suppose that is? You mean, is that you too? Fascinating. Indeed. Which leaves only two questions. How? Why? And why? And how? Two Vistant Tales of Tesla will return after a word from our sponsor. Ladies, are you looking for the right drink for your parties, gatherings, get-togethers, and weddings? Why not do as the housefrows in the old country do and pour out a tall, cool stein of Lohengrin? That's right, Lohengrin beer made from the finest Austrian hops on German wheat. Break out the brats and kraut and serve up a taste of old Dusseldorf today. Here comes the beer, Lohengrin beer. Das ist gut, ja? Yeah, sehr gut. Grin and beer it with Lohengrin beer today. Nachein beer? Yeah. I'm not sure who you are, Miss Ochichorna. Ochichornya. But I'm no threat to you, I promise. Oh, I'm sure of that. Oh, Polina, Polishta, there's no need for guns. How can you be so sure, Doctor? Because I suspect she is, shall we say, quite like you. I beg your pardon. This mouse is nothing like me. Mouse? My dear, how could she possibly know what a tessellator is if she hadn't traveled in one herself? Exactly. Which makes me think there is another tessellator around here somewhere. I, I suppose, but I only see the one. Unless that was how the door got closed. What do you mean? I stepped out of the Tesla later, and when I turned around, the door was closed. 
And when the door opened again, there was another closed door behind it. Fascinating. So, in other words, you stole this device from Dr. Tesla at some point in his future? <sighs> no. I must admit, that's not implausible. Not very likely, but not implausible. I didn't know such thing. All things being equal, I think I shall hold on to my gun. Thank you very much. Oh, Nick. So what you're saying is something jerked you out of your normal flight path and brought you here. Exactly. You're just repeating what I said. I'm trying to understand the implications of this. It means there's a tractor beam of unbelievable power somewhere out there. But that's impossible. I'm sorry. I'm getting dizzy. It's all right, Eileen. <laughs> this is what we call a time paradox. <laughs> because there are a pair of us. Whatever you say, Professor. Doctor! Doctor. <laughs> oh, me. As I was saying, it's quite impossible. No one here has that kind of technology. Where is here, anyway? New York City, December 1934. No one even has that kind of power. December? But the calendar over there says June 26th. June? But it said April, moments ago. There is only one person here with that kind of power, Nicola. Or more precisely, two people. Or three. This is just weird. Well, the Tesla later, sure. But I had nothing to do with this. You may not have had to. <gasps> is the failsafe activated? What failsafe? I was certain it was. Unless... <laughs> Let's take a look under the proverbial hood, my friend. A paradox is better than one, eh? Oh, a paradox. I don't get it. That can't be. What is it? There is no failsafe mechanism. That can't be. I just said that. How can it be missing if it was never there to begin with? That's it. What are you talking about, Professor? Doctor. The missing lights on my testilator console. That's where the failsafe would have been. Unless I miss my guess, it means that somewhere along the line I forgot something I should have remembered, which I may not have known then, but I will have learned later before. Oh, sure. Put it that way. Huh? What's your name again? Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear. What I mean is, at this moment, everything is folding in on... Oh, just come with me. I don't believe this, Doctor. This is a case for Occam's razor, Pelista. Sharp thinking there, Nick. She couldn't have been in that room, as it is still locked from the inside... She wasn't in the other room, as we were there. And she didn't sneak in the front door, as it is still triple-locked and chained. This leaves one possible way into this room, via Tesla-later. Yet, she was not traveling with us, therefore, there must be another, another Tesla-later tesla with, with another, another Tesla out here somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Bosh, moi. Now you put down that gun. Dot! Nick, who's your new friend? Would you believe another companion? I certainly would. I resemble that commenter. This is quite impossible. Quite impossible is my middle name. I thought you didn't have a middle name. The, the quite, quite is, is silent. silent. Whoa. So if there's another companion, that means... Wait for me. Me? Oh, my. Ah, me. Oh, boy. But, Nick, 
There's only one tessellator there. How is this possible? Are you sure, Dot? I only see the one. It appears to be one tessellator, yes, but there are, by my rough calculation, at least three tessellators sharing a single point in space and time. A, a quantum, quantum superfluity. Precisely. Jinkies, how is that even possible? The failsafe mechanism is missing from my future self's machine and possibly from my own. The missing lights? Precisely, Dot. What are you talking about? There is a failsafe mechanism built into the tessellator to prevent it from distorting the gravitational field and pulling multiple tessellators into the same quantum superposition at the same moment in time. Which is what seems to have happened here. Because neither of your tessellators appear to have this mechanism. Although they did at one time. I believe so, yes. Which means our machines are the are, and soon our brains will be adjusting to a new and distorted time stream. Are which you the, the keeping up here? Yeah. So many I stopped trying to follow along. In such close proximity could be devastating. If, if the, the fields, fields were to intersect at the wrong moment, moment, it would be catastrophic. For New York City? For, for the, the entire, entire planet. How so? There, there might, might not, not be, be a planet, planet left afterward. afterward. Of course. So what do we do, Nick? If our tessellators are missing the failsafe and his never had one... An excellent question, Dot. It's obvious. We must figure out how many tessellators are here and which one of them set off this magnetic cascade. But how? Let me do it. I can break through all the doors. Brave words, Don Amici. Amici? Well, that name rings a bell. Don't answer it! None of us are supposed to be here! <laughs> Why did I ever think I looked like Don Amici? Who? The chin's all wrong. Now, where were we? Right, breaking down doors. <laughs> Hold on, me. No need to break anything. Let me see if I still have it. Ah, yes, here it is. What on earth? Is that a Tesla coil in your pocket, or...? I'm happy to see that. I never thought I'd get it to work at that scale. You're a few years away yet, but you'll master it. Now... Dot, what did you say the date was? The calendar's right there, Nick. December 1934. 1934! Of course! Look! The locked room. Hold it right there. My God, how can it be? Nick, who is that? I'll give you one guess. It is I, Dot. Don't you recognize me? Dr. Nikola Tesla. You have got to be kidding me. What is the meaning of all this? You may be wondering why I've called you here today. You did this? But you're the oldest of us all. Surely you know better. Surely I do, young man. Think about it. Time and place must have something to do with it. 1934? The year I built the first working Tesla later. Yes. Go on. Wait, it's December. But what day is this? December 20th. I thought so. What time? What's so important about the time? Seriously? How long have you been traveling with your Nick? It's 1.30 in the afternoon. I can't remember where I was that day, but I suspect I may still be at lunch. Yes. The test. Yes. 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 Now for the rest of us non-Teslas in the room? At precisely 3 p.m. today... 
I will make the first test of the Testolator. Of course. But there is no protective mechanism, no failsafe to prevent a quantum superfluity from destroying, well, whatever point in time and space where we land. So, all of our Teslators are in the same position as the original? Very good, Dot. I knew you'd grasp this idea. We must install a failsafe into the original machine. And by installing it there, it will appear in our own machines? And then Tesla Prime there won't have to turn it off to land here. How did you know that's what I did? It was the only way. Once you landed, the mechanism vanished from your machine, but you wouldn't have been able to land without deactivating it to begin with. Is it just me... Or is anyone else getting a headache? That would be the effects of the time stream in flux. No, I'm pretty sure it's from all you paradox. Come on, men, let's get to work. I'll use the pocket coil to detect the original machine from all these Tesla laters. We're in! Younger me, older me, let's get to work. So... It's good to see you again. All of you. I didn't know you had so many traveling companions. Neither did I. Hm. Ladies, with all the time in the world, as it were, I've had many, many friends with which to travel. Hm. Looks to me like you've got a type. Oh, Dot, it was not always so. I still have fond memories of Kasuk, my mute Inuit companion. Oh, he was a brave one, he was. Big and quiet, but handy in the occasional scrape with ruffians. Alas, he missed his home and wanted to return. Still, for all that, he was rather low maintenance. That's a good sign. Quick, ladies, into the Tesla-lators. Your time signature will key you to the proper machine for your time stream. How do you know that? Better not to ask, Dot. Now hurry, or you'll be trapped here. Go! 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 Come on, Eileen. Why does everyone say that? It was so lovely to see the three of you one last you are, my sweet. Soon we shall take you on a test run. What's that? What is this light doing here? And look, a note. That looks like my handwriting. But how? So, Dot, where were we? Just another adventure in space and time. And you were depressed. You were thinking of time. No, it was family. Yes. My mother. I thought your mother had... Oh, yes. Yes. It was all so sudden. I was on my way home and... Never mind. And anyway, wasn't that cheating? Wasn't what cheating? Fixing something that you didn't know was broken... Then remembering not to do the thing that showed you that you needed to fix it? Wow, you paid closer attention to all that than I did. So it's cheating. 
It's bending the rules a little bit. But that's all right when you have all of space and time with which to play. Now, family. Your mother. It must be Christmas somewhere right now. Where would you like to go? Oh, Nick. I couldn't. You can, and you shall. We can't change anything. We don't have to. We just have to say, Happy Holidays. That's enough, yes? Well... Dot. I would like to go home... before. Yes. Before. And to all a good night. This has been another of the Two-Fisted Tales of Tesla! This is the Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup, and now the man with the news, Carl Phillips. Dateline, Bedford Falls, New York. Police are seeking the whereabouts of a resident, one George Bailey. Originally found wandering a bridge late last night, the man collapsed amidst complaints of the tintinabulation of bells, 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 bells. As he was loaded into an ambulance, he shouted, I want to live. Upon arrival at the Seneca County Hospital, the ambulance was found empty, as if he'd never been there. Dateline, Baraboo, Wisconsin. 84-year-old grandmother Sadie Malloy was trampled and struck dead by a runaway reindeer in the 1800 block of North Decatur Street. Rich for comment, both her husband and her grandson wondered if this story could be turned into a holiday novelty song in her memory for fun and profit. Dateline, North, North Pole. Santa Claus is preparing... Are we really doing this? Yes, I, I know I'm on the air, but, but this is a news program. Fine. Santa Claus is preparing for his annual philanthropic tour, bringing gifts to all the good little boys and girls. Weather looks good for an early departure. We'll continue to bring you updates as events warrant. Or not. This is Carl Phillips for the Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup, with this handy reminder to get him while the Gotham's good. And now, a word from one of our incomparable sponsors. Hey there, sailor. Are you looking for someone to host your website? Have you thought about HostGator? Say you want to start up a website. HostGator can get you there with monthly hosting plans, one-click installs, and tons of other features that make getting your site up and running easy and fun. For the advanced user or business, HostGator can take care of you with reseller plans, VPS, and dedicated servers. HostGator guarantees 99.9% uptime no matter your size or needs. With HostGator, you get unlimited disk space and bandwidth. They've got free site builder tools that are super easy to use. But if you find yourself lost at sea or just need to reach out and touch someone, they have 24-7 support to help you with anything you need. And hey, tell them Snell sent me and you'll get a big discount on everything they do. Why don't you come on up to HostGator.com and see them sometime? You are taking a journey down a long, dark... Look out! What's that? Black cat underfoot? Or was it? There are things that make you afraid of the dark. Things that make you go jump in the night. Look, in the road, up ahead. That fork? That's the spooky twist. 
Go get them, girls. This isn't roller derby. It's war, and you're not taking any prisoners. You hear me? Yeah! This is Nicky Meredith, retired from a job he hardly recalls, who once a week takes on the toughest job of his life, volunteer coach of a women's roller derby team. Don't back down. Get in the crouch. Come on. Go, go, go. Down she goes. Yeah. And this is Roxy Crusher, nay, Bernadette Cardiff, the best derby girl on Maple Street, maybe anywhere, who will soon learn that trying to be the best at anything carries its own special risks on route to The Spooky Twist. You're listening to The Spooky Twist, brought to you by Cornet Blue Disposable Facial Tissues. Don't blow it, blue it with Cornet Blue. And now, The Spooky Twist. Good job on the wheels tonight, Roxy. Good hustle. Ain't nothing to it, Coach. Just doing what comes natural, like. I gotta say, you're one of the best I've seen out there. One of, but not the. Ah, Rox, don't take it like that. You're the best out there right now by far. Right now. By far? Let me guess. Mags. Now, honey, Mags Malone was in a class by herself. She was back in the day when they didn't even use alias names to roll. If it weren't for Mags... I know, I know. This game wouldn't be what it is today. But if there's anyone out there rolling like her, you're as close as they come. Like to think I'm closer. That's the spirit, kid. I'm gonna go lock up. But you wanna keep at it? Go right ahead. There's time. Thanks, Nikki. You bet, doll. The perfect turns, the perfect hit. You see that tonight? And what do I get? Mags Malone. Mags Malone. Every time I turn around, it's Mags Malone. Oh, fine. I get it, universe. Mags was great, but she's been dead and gone 15 years now. Not that you'd know it from all the talk. Well, you know what? I'm sick of it. Sick of it, you hear me? Mags Malone is dead, do you hear me? Dead and buried in the ground. I'm the best derby girl on Maple Street, you hear me? Me, Bernie Cardiff. And God is my witness, if Mags were alive and in this room, I could beat her. I could beat her one-on-one. Oh boy, I would give anything, anything to face off against her. Paging Maggie Malone. Mags Malone, report to Morin's Roller Dome, Maple Street, Boston. Another one? All right. I'd show her what's what, I would. You rang? Cat got your tongue, kid? What? What is this? Hey, you're the one who called me. Mags Malone? In the flesh. But, but you're dead. Yes, I suppose I am. But legends don't die, Bernadette. Roxy. Right, <laughs> you all use fake names now. It's who I am when I'm out here. Bernie Cardiff, that's a lawyer, a cop, or an accountant. It's a guy's name. Bernadette was also a saint. Well, then I really ain't no Bernadette, if you get my meaning. Right. But Roxy, Roxy Crusher, she's beautiful but dangerous. She doesn't take nothing from no one, you know? I'm sure she doesn't. But I'm also here for Bernadette. Why are you here at all? You're dead and buried, ain't you? <laughs> Legends never die, Roxy. Legends live on, give us something to yearn for, something to challenge. It's why we're here. Here's that goal. Match what I did. Make it better. Oh, come on. 
one. I don't need this. I just practice my heart out. You need legends. We all do. Yeah, well, your time is up. Time for a new legend on Maple Street. Oh, we'll see about that. What do you mean? I thought you wanted to roll against me. What? You'd give anything, anything to meet me out there, right? You did say that. Yeah, but... But this isn't real, is it? As real as wheels on concrete, darling. This can't be. But what if it is? All right. You're on, I guess. Now, about the stakes. Stakes? Something to make it more interesting. Make my long journey back here worthwhile. Gotta have some stakes. I suppose. Let's see, I got about, uh, 50 bucks here. Please. What am I going to do with money? Well, all right. You tell me. What are the stakes? Life and death. You beat me, you live. You lose, you roll off into the sunset. That's not so bad. That's poetic talk for you die. Oh. Oh! And now, a word from the sponsor of The Spooky Twist. Still using a handkerchief this winter season? Is that a cold or flu in your pocket, or are you just... The more you use a single handkerchief, the more you run the risk of spreading germs wherever you... Try Cornet Blue Disposable Facial Tissues today. Extra strong two-ply tissues will stand up to all the huffing and puffing you've got. We've asked Cornet player Jerry Hames to put Cornet Blue to the test. A single tissue has been drenched with water and attached to the end of Jerry's horn. Are you ready, Jerry? Blow the man down! He's still playing, folks, and that Cornet Blue Disposable Facial Tissue is holding on. Good work, Jerry. So remember, folks, it's strong enough for the brass, it's strong enough for you. Don't blow it, blew it with Cornet Blue. And now we return to... The Spooky Twist. Well, what's it going to be? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I didn't really mean to, you know. Your kind hardly ever does... Mean to, you know. Now wait just a minute. It's all hot air. Big talk from big dreamers. But when the heat's on, you fold like an origami swan. You're not even real. Oh, I'm real, all right. As far as you're concerned, I'm still the best. And I'll always be the best. You were the best. You'll never get the job done with your mouth, kid. Watch me. Do we have a match? You're on. Takes more than Moxie to win. There's time. I got all the time in the world, kid. Up on your wheels. Let's go. Hey, what's going on down there, Roxy? Is that you? It's okay, Nikki. Just taking a little one-on-one down here. Who's with you? Is that Gina? You wouldn't believe me. I'll be down in a jiff, kid. What's the matter? Thought you'd think you had a screw loose? move. You got lucky. I got lucky. I got skill, lady. I got years and years of practice built up in these bones. Oh, is that all? Oh, do you know how long I've spent in here? Rolling and practicing? I made a deal with Nikki there to stay late and practice whenever I want. And I always want. Yes, but when did you get to live? (laughs) Roxy, Bernadette, 
I may have practiced, and I may have been the best, but I took the time to live, too. I've been to places where they've never even heard of roller derby. I've made love, climbed mountains, rebuilt carburetors, shot caribou. What have you done with your life? I've become the best at this. Now get up and let's finish. It's not too late, you know. Too late for what? To give in. To stop. Oh, I bet you'd love that. I give up, you keep the crown. I know how this works. Who's hot air now? I'm sorry. I'm required to say that. You'd love it if I quit, wouldn't you? I know you won't believe me, but I want you to win. Please. What's this? Who are you? Oh, my stars! It can't be! Maggie Malone? Yes! You saw that right, Nikki? You saw that? I don't know if I can believe my eyes, kid! Oh, yes you can, Nikki. That's Mags Malone lying there in a pile of old tin cans, and I put her there. Who keeps leaving that old bag of tin cans there? Say it. I beat you, didn't I? You won fair and square, Bernadette. The name's Roxy Crusher. And now I'm free. You see, now you're the best. And people like you? They're always going to need a best to best. They're going to call out for a legend to come down to Earth and face them. They'd give anything, anything to be the best. And now? Now they're going to have to face you. What do you mean? Just wait. You'll see. Wait a second. This is a bag full of... Christmas presents? Are you sure? Yes, but when I reach inside, there's nothing but gifts. See? To Bernadette. Let me see that. All I can find in here are tin cans. There's a reason for that. Do you remember what you did before you retired, Nick? Why, uh, sure. I, 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 I was a delivery man, I think. <laughs> I suppose you could put it that way. You don't mean... Mean what? You were the delivery man, St. Nicholas. Paging Bernadette Cardiff. Bernadette Cardiff, please report to Snell's Skate City, Evansville, Indiana. See, where'd she go? Evansville, Indiana. Weren't you listening? Now let's hurry up. You've got a long night ahead of you. I guess I do with that. By the way, you wouldn't happen to know a suicidal trumpet player around here, would you? Miss Bernadette Cardiff, who became a legend by beating one, but who has found that being the best at anything means proving it again and again. And Mr. Nicky Meredith, nay, Nicolaus of Myra, Nicholas the Wonder Worker, dare I say, Sinterklaas, a man reborn by remembering the joy in his presence. As for Mrs. Maggie Malone, she's taking a well-earned vacation for the first time in forever. And that was the spooky twist. You have been listening to Gifts of the Maggie by Norton Oberlin on The Spooky Twist. Brought to you by Cornet Blue Disposable Facial Tissues. Good night and good health. Is your office or waiting room lacking a pleasing oral atmosphere? Are your days devoid of musical entertainment? Look no further, friend. Kleinman's House of Music is here to handle your nondescript, anonymous music needs. You may be thinking, what would I need with soothing, anonymous music? You might be surprised. 
Are you, say, a dentist? What do the patients in your waiting room hear as they sit, dreading their appointment? Oh, I don't know about this. But, dear, you're abscess. I, I can live with it. Come on, dear. Now let's see what happens with a little of that Kleinman's magic in the background. Say, honey, I can't wait until it's my turn. That abscess isn't going to heal itself. That's nice, dear. Four out of five dentists surveyed recommend Kleinman's House of Music for their patients who are nervous. Don't test your patients. Try some soothing, anonymous music from Kleinman's today. That was the shot that killed Paul Citrone. He died in a sewer in Vienna. Perhaps that was the shot. Ah, there we go. Now, where were we? Yes, it was a gunshot in a sewer beneath Vienna that was the end of Paul Citrone. But it was not the beginning. Like a cat, he had many lives and a lustrous sheen. And I can recount them all. How can that be? Very simple. Because my name is Paul Citrone. Guy Van Stratton recreates his famous role as Paul Citrone in The Confidence Man. Tonight's episode, No Room at Vienna. The air had a crisp bite to it in Vienna that December. I had often sworn to stay away from that fair city, but something about the holidays always drew me back. This time around, it was a, a train ticket delivered to my hotel in Budapest, along with a request for my presence. No name, no signature, only a return address. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? And now, as I stood in the Telefunkenstrasse, I double-checked that address, because this was a Catholic church. Now, most churches in Vienna had ample treasures, I should say, reasons for me to visit, but they rarely came with personal invitations. So, I bowed my head and blessed myself and walked right in couldn't hurt, and the water didn't burn. Not yet. Ah, Herr Citron, I presume. I'm sorry, do I know you, Father? You used the train ticket I sent. Ah, very generous of you, but... Um... Perhaps we should talk elsewhere. This is maybe not the place. Lead the way, Padre. And with that, we were away to the Gasthaus Kitzel. The gun in my pocket felt less conspicuous there than in a church, for obvious reasons. It was a small caliber, a Chekhov twenty-two, but I tried never to use it. Father Holcroft and I settled in for a mild repast of Wiener Schnitzel und Weissbier. 
Just vada, danke. Bring two vice beers anyway. It's been a good month. Woohoo! It's good, yeah. Now to brass stacks, yes? Tax, father. The only certainties in this life are death and brass tacks. And no one really wants to get down to either one of them. I am given to understand you are a man with certain expertise of a less than licit nature. I do hope you're not looking to drum up business for the old confessional, Padre, because I have to tell you, I, I don't recount my sins to just anybody. No, no, of course not. It is simply that there is a matter at hand of some delicacy that may require this expertise. Why, Padre, are you suggesting I should ply my alleged trade? Go on, confess. There is a bejeweled crown. I'm listening. Wait. Aha! Zwei Weißbiers und Wiener Schnitzel. The schnitzel in the middle with the kofsalat on top. Just the way you like them, seasoned all red hot. Danke, Frau Kitzel. Bitte, bitte. Now, this crown. To be precise, the diadem of St. Silvestre. It has been missing for some time. How long is some time? Close to 450 years. Well then. And yet, after the war, here in Vienna, we discovered a trove of antiquities long thought lost. Now, who exactly is we? I come from Rome. Ah, the big we. Indeed, they made arrangements to bring it back to Rome. Unfortunately, our courier was waylaid and left for dead. The crown stolen and presumably lost again. Except you know where it is, don't you? How did you know? If you didn't, there'd be no reason to find someone with my expertise. And our story would be woefully short. It appears to be locked away in the collection of one Emil Totenkopf. He has a building here in town on the Madame Alexander Platz. So let me get this straight. You're hoping I'll just waltz right in there, and if I should be so lucky, retrieve this crown of yours? I don't want to know the details. Really, Padre, I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Desperate measures, Herr Citron. I'm sure you understand. <laughs> Jesuit? Gesundheit. And with that, I decided to take the job. After all, as the poet once said, Carpe diadem. Well, the good father left me to my meal, and I immediately set to work on that second vice beer. Just then, Frau Kitzel returned with a note. Excuse me, for you, I have a note. Yes, I just said that. To whom? Danke schön, Frau Kitzel. It was a note from a woman across the room. A doe-eyed young woman with a cascade of... Well, you don't really care about all that. You want to know what the note said, of course. Quote, Is the priest coming back? Unquote. I caught her eye and shook my head. Then, with one foot, I slid the other chair out for her. She was even more doe-eyed and cascading up close. Sorry, I saw you with the priest, and I couldn't help but wonder... Then you know who I am. Indeed, Monsieur Citron. I'm afraid you have the upper hand in this relationship, with which I'm remarkably at ease. Oh, Sophia Delacroix, pleased to meet your acquaintance. My dear, you may make of me whatever you'd like. And please, Paul. Of course. So, uh, 
live around here much? No, only visiting on business. No pleasure? Oh, business in Vienna is always a pleasure. <laughs> Depending on the part of town, pleasure in Vienna is business as well. I wouldn't know about that, Paul. No, of course. Pure as the driven snow. I can see it in your eyes. You are sweet to say so. Perhaps we could get a nightcap if you get my snowdrift. So we ordered fresh drink and continued our conversation. As another poet once said, Carpe nightcap. Or, in other words, seize the dame. Guy Van Stratton as the confidence man in The Lives of Paul Citrone will be back. But first, this message. We are here at the home of famed chrononaut Richard Morton to talk about his life and adventures, which have apparently inspired a new television program. Good day, Mr. Morton. Good day, young man. God, they're making him younger all the time. Your exploits are legend in the world of science, not to mention science fiction. They're all true, son. Every one of them. Except the ones I made up for those dime novels back when the market crashed. And now I'm given to understand that the Adult Swim Channel has adapted your adventures the, into the a... what who now? Is that a network? It's part of Cartoon Network. A network for cartoons? My stars. And their new Adult Swim cartoon series, Rick and Morty, from Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, the creator of Community, it's the about... what? We all create community. That's just part of life. No, no, I mean the television series Community on NBC. That's not a thing. A community is people, dagnammit. Well, be that as it may, Rick and Morty is a new series about a sociopathic scientist who drags his grandson on adventures across time and space. Sociopathic? Grandson? I don't have a grandson. Who are you calling sociopathic? No, no, it, it's the show. Rick and Morty? Sounds like they realized my name was two first names and they changed it around so they wouldn't get sued. I don't, I don't think it's like that at all. They must be stopped. It's already on the air. Monday nights at 10.30 on Adult Swim. By Jove and by Jingle, I'll find a way, you hear me? You do still have your chronospheric dirigible, don't you? My what now? Your time machine. Oh, right. That was from the dime novels. But I do have this temporal ellipsis device with which... Yes, I can go back in time and stop this show from happening in the first place. And you, get off my lawn! Well, uh, there you have it, uh, Richard Morton Crononaut, who apparently has nothing to do with the new Adult Swim series, Rick and Morty, at least until he prevents it from ever happening. So... Until then, watch Rick and Morty Monday nights at 10.30 on Adult Swim while you still can. After a chaste good night and the promise of future entanglements, I left Sophia to her own devices and set to work with a few devices of my own. 
The first of these was a camera with which to sightsee around old Vienna, or, more precisely, the Totenkopf building. This is what fiction writers call casing the joint, and what those of us on the ground call step one. Guten Morgen. Ah, good morning, Officer... Rainer. Officer Karl Rainer. Pleased to make your acquaintance. John Roby, tourist. May I ask what you think you're doing, Herr Roby? I was under the impression I was taking photographs. <laughs> hey, Gunther, it says he's taking photographs. <laughs> yeah, that is rich. Officer? Gunther Schein, and we have reason to believe that you are not just shooting photographs. Why? What else would I be doing? Shooting elephants in my pajamas? Elephants in his pajamas! <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did the packet of say get in your pajamas? <laughs> Officers, what is this man doing here? He says he is taking pictures, Sergeant. Then we shall let him be. But Sergeant Belker. Come, Rainer. Come, Shine. Get in the van. Dankeschön, Sergeant. I'm simply a tourist enjoying the sights in old Vienna. We shall see about that, Herr Citron. We shall see. So the Polizei were focused on the building as well. And this Sergeant Belker knew my real name. This is what fiction writers would call a complication, and I call an occupational hazard. Look, this is all procedure, which is about as exciting as watching paint dry. Granted, it may be paint with a rakish sense of humor, but nonetheless. And paint, like humor, is best when dry. So let's just cut to the masterpiece, shall we? There it was. The bejeweled diadem of St. Sylvester in all its glory. Don't move, Herr Roby. Why, Officer Rayner, you're out of uniform. Very observant, this one. There's no way you could know these two weren't really policemen. But, Paul, Paul, do you not remember me? Sergeant Belker. Wait. Not Belko? Ernst Belko, can it be? Very good. <sighs> Ernie Belko, as I live and breathe. For a moment. I haven't seen you since, what, the Sicilian job? You've changed. Tricks of the trade, Paul. Shave the head, add the spectacles, change the voice. Pick a name that sounds close enough so you respond when it's called. You know the game. Now, I think the word is checkmate. I say, what on the earth is going on here? Goodbye, Herr Tottenkopf. Yeah, you shot me, and I only had zwei lines. Try counting that one. Drawing the lines at four, are you? He was only going to get in the way. Let me guess. He hired you to steal the diadem, but you've decided to keep it for yourself. Not at all. We had to borrow the heavily insured ruby-studded chalice of St. Irenaeus. 
and split the insurance payout while he got to keep the chalice locked away somewhere else. But when I realized you were in town and around this building, well, you know. And here you are, with a magnificent golden crown. What, this old thing? More like a jewel-encrusted rugby ball, you ask me? You're outnumbered three to one. Hand it off, Paul. Catch! Ah! Schweinhut! Rainer! Shine! Well played, Paul. I had a feeling they'd shoot one another one of these days. But I still have the... Oh, thank you! That touch! Thank you! My Leben! Good night, Ernst Belko, whomever you are. One thing I learned in that Sicilian job, he wasn't very good at the confidence game. No wonder he wanted to change his identity. Such was the impotence of being Ernst. Paul, what have you got there? Are you leaving town? No, my dear, simply an item I've come to deliver. I'm glad to hear that. Guten Abend, Walter Holcroft. Frau Kitzel, Herr Citron, I heard the news about Totenkopf. You didn't kill him, did you? What? No, that, uh, that was an unrelated incident. Would you have had a problem if I had? As a priest, even for the Vatican, I could not condone murder. Surely you know that. But you have rescued the diadem, yes? Indeed, Padre. Indeed. If you are, in fact, a priest. What? What are you talking about? You certainly hustled me out of that church in a hurry, but you forgot to genuflect. You didn't dip into the holy water on your way out. Now, I may not be a good Catholic boy, but even I took the time for that. My son, your expertise has hardened you and made you cynical. Of course, as he said this, I felt a hand slip into my jacket pocket, and with that... The good father had expertly lifted my Chekhov twenty-two. Mon Dieu! It's not my expertise, Padre. It's human nature did that. Slide the suitcase toward me slowly. What is this? Thirty pieces of silver. Fitting, don't you think? Where is the diadem of Saint Sylvester? Tell me or I shoot! <laughs> You won't shoot me. But I will shoot the women. You have until the count of ten. Now. One. I don't believe in using guns myself. But I will admit this is not the first time someone has turned on a dime and pulled my own gun on me. That's why I carried a doctored pistol. Doctored how, you might ask? Well, let's just say I felt confident in saying to him, I'd be careful with that if I were you. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't be absurd. Now where is the diadem? Paul, tell him. Ach du Lieber! Lost to the ages, I'd imagine. I warned you. I hate to say I told him so. Did you really find the diadem of St. Sylvester? Let me guess. You're the emissary from the Vatican. Alas, yes. Sister Sophia Delacroix. Delacroix of the Cross. An alias, yes? No, just a case of nominative determinism. <laughs> a shame. 
That would explain the chaste goodnights. Well, it explains why I hated having to say goodnight. Pure as the driven snow. Is nobody here who they said they were? Yeah, I am still me. Danke, Frau Kitzel. So I expect you'll be wanting the crown. You still have it? Oh, yes. Every now and then I, I like to work on the side of the angels. Just in case. And so I gave the diadem to Sister Sophia to return to the Vatican, because one good turn often rewards another. Besides, if it had gone missing again, there'd have been uneasy lies ahead for those who'd wonder where's the crown. You have been listening to Guy Van Stratton as the confidence man in The Lives of Paul Citrone. And now, Bushmel Schmeichels presents Marjorie Carter, Freelance Adventurous. Once a special collections librarian for a major Northeastern university, Marjorie found no four walls nor a thousand stacks could contain her boundless curiosity. Now she travels the world in search of treasure, mystery, discovery. Marjorie Carter, archivist by trade, adventurous by nature. When last we left Marjorie and her faithful assistant, Milo, they were trekking across Lapland with their old friend and local guide, Rudolf Dritter, on a quest for the Sampo, the magical, mythical cornucopia of Finnish legend. Gosh, Marjorie, there are a lot of small mountains here. Do you really think the Sampo is hidden around here? These aren't really mountains, Milo. They're Tinturi or Fells, which are much smaller. I keep telling you. The Kalevala is just a legend, a story. All stories have a foundation in truth, Rudy. I don't know what the Sampo really is, but by gosh and by golly, I'm going to find it, or my name isn't... When suddenly a door opened in the side of one of the mountains before them. All right, you three. Hands up. And single file now. And now, Chapter 5. How we fell in the Lapland of luxury. Or, I just Kalevala to say, goodbye... I say, how much deeper into this Tenturi are you going to take us? All the way in, lady. That's no lady. That's Marjorie Carter, famous adventuress. Thank you, Milo, I think. Makes no difference to me, Squirt. You're all going to die in the lion's den, whomever you are. The lion's den? You don't mean... You know what he's talking about? I had no idea he was hiding up here. Who is it, Rudy? He's known only as the lion but he sits at the center of the web of organized crime across all of Scandinavia. No one knows his real name. No one's seen his face. He wears a golden mask and shows no mercy. He is easily the most feared man this side of the Baltic Sea. Why, there are those people... Hush, you! Keep walking. Holy shnikes! What is this place? Hooray! 
goes there? Is that... Han Arleona. He is the lion. What have we here? A group of explorers, sir. Adventurers. Semantics. No, Americans. Let it go, Milo. Caligon, what took you so long? They slowed down for exposition, sir. Typical. And you, Americans, just happened to stumble upon my hidden mountain lair? Quite by chance, yes. We are here in search of the Sampo of Finnish legend. The Sampo? You know that's not a thing, right? The legend has to start somewhere. For example, the Sampo is said to produce gold. Now, I can't help but notice this cave of yours is lined with gold. In fact, even your mask is made of gold. Perhaps I took a hoard away from a dragon, huh? <laughs> There's no such thing as dragons, mister. Nor such thing as a Sampo. <laughs> That's what they all say. Wait. That voice... Why do I recognize your voice? I'm sure I have no idea. Look! He's removing the mask! Marjorie? Elias? Is that you? My stars, what are the odds? What indeed? Who is this guy, Marjorie? Elias Lane. He was in my class at the Academy. Marjorie Carter, I never thought I'd see you again. Too bad it had to be at the end of your life. What do you mean? Well, you can't be allowed to leave now. Now that you know where I am. What I am. You've changed, Elias. You haven't. Bold in the face of death. <laughs> I'm a freelance adventurer. I face death for breakfast. Sometimes for tea. That can be arranged, my dear. Caligon, take them away! Will the lion really have Marjorie and her friends killed? Will they escape and find the Sampo? Whatever will happen, find out in our next exciting chapter, Crossing the Finish Lion, or What Hath Elias Lane Rot? Right after this. If a tree falls in the forest, does it really make a sound? Who can say? But it does make a barrel for the Bushmill Schmeichel's Distillery. Only the finest wood goes into our barrels because only the finest wood ages the finest bourbons. Stored in the depths of Matango Caverns in central Kentucky, our bourbons age for a minimum of 15 years for extra smoothness and extra firepower. Whether you're looking for adventure or just to curl up by the fire, look to Bushmill Schmeichel's. And remember, kids, while your parents enjoy their quiet time, collect the bottle caps from four-fifths of Bushmill Schmeichels to send away for your very own Marjorie Carter Decoder Communicator Watch. Break the code to tell the time today. And now, back to Marjorie Carter. Our saga continues in Chapter 6, Denial in the Lion's Den, or Baby, It's Gold Outside. Gosh, Marjorie! These ropes are awfully tight. You're telling me, kid. I told you the lion was ruthless, didn't I? No, I don't think you mentioned that part. Just the whole center of the organized crime web thing. Oh, well, ruthless should have gone without saying. Silence! What do you plan to do with us, Elias? It's quite poetic, really. You have been tied to the walls of a pit. Yes, we know. But it's not so much a pit as a pool. 
a pool soon to fill with molten gold. A flood of molten gold pouring forth from, yes, you guessed it. The sample. See? Poetic. Diabolical is what it is. Don't worry, Rudy, I have a plan. It was nice knowing you, but now I must leave you to die. You won't get away with this, Lane! Of course he will, Milo. What can we possibly do? Be of good cheer, Rudy. It's always darkest just before they turn on the lights. What is this? Going somewhere, Elias? Let me go! You forgot our tea. Rudy, Milo, take my knife. Got it. Curse you, Marjorie Kaboom! Halt! Don't move! What are you doing? That's ah, poetic, Elias. We're gonna leave you tied up here and bring the Sampo back to civilization. And don't worry, we'll let the authorities know where to find you. Eventually. Now tell me where the Sampo is. I'll never tell. It must be huge, Marjorie. Huge to flood a pool this size. That's right. You'll never get it out of here. Don't be silly. It's right here. That little thing? Why, it's no bigger than a bread box. But remember, it's been imbued with magic. The old Finnish magics from the time before time. Curse you, Marjorie Carter, and your careful study of Finnish legend. Got it. All right, come on, guys. Let's go. You'll pay for this. You'll pay dearly. There. That's the way back out. What is that? Elias was whistling as we left, but why? Come on, this way. Sounds like rain. That's not rain. Milo... Rudy, run! What are these? Elk? Caribou? Bird of reindeer. Sure, I've heard of reindeer. It's been said that the lion's den is guarded by a herd of specially trained killer reindeer. No doubt his whistle called them to action. Oh, he did say we'd pay dearly. Are you sure? They really look more like caribou to me. Hush, lad. Rudolph Dritta knows reindeer. Will Marjorie and her friends escape the herd of trained killer reindeer? Will Elias Lane escape to seek revenge? Will he even need to? Find out in the next exciting chapter. Reindeer in the Doorway, or Sampode Lang Syne. Marjorie Carter, archivist by trade, adventurous by nature. And now another Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup. Your man on the holiday scene, Carl Phillips. Dateline, home in Indiana. What was this boy thinking? A fourth grader at Warren G. Harding Elementary was rescued by firemen today after his tongue got stuck to a frozen flagpole in the schoolyard. When asked how this could happen, he responded with, I have no thought. It was a triple doctor. Serves the little bastard right. Dateline. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Nothing of note to report. This surprises no one. Dateline. Schenectady, New York. Reports of a flying sleigh pulled by eight tiny... Seriously? We're still doing this? This is not news, and I won't stand for it. You people shouldn't stand for it either. No, Dutchie, I don't care if we're live on the air. I want you people to fly away to your windows. Go like a flash, tear open the shutters, and throw up the sash, and say, I'm mad as hell, and I won't...
This has been the Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup. Remember, smoke them if they're... And now, Chock Full of Coffee presents The Fog. The fog creeps in on little cat's feet. By day, millionaire playboy Simeon St. Clair leads a life of luxury, a devil-may-care existence most could only dream of. But by night, he writes what others put wrong, makes just the unjust, and clouds the minds of lesser men. For he is The Fog. Tonight's episode, They Shoot Horaces, Don't They? The scene, New Year's Eve in New York Harbor. The setting, the Royal Canadian Mounted Cruise Ship, the Mackenzie King. Simeon, where are you? Blast that man. Margot Drummond, girl Friday to millionaire playboy Simeon St. Clair, wanders the ballad deck, looking for her boss. Between the heavy mist and the revelers, she's not having much luck. Simeon St. Clair, so help me God, if you're off with some two-bit floozy... I beg your pardon, Miss Drummond. On this ship, the floozies are at least eight bits. Excuse me, Mr. Wold Newton, I was just... It's quite all right. I'm just teasing you. Call me Winston, please. Oh, I don't know, Mr. Wold Newton. That seems a little familiar just yet. Pish and tosh, Miss Drummond. Pish and tosh. You wouldn't happen to know where Simeon's gotten to, would you? I'm sorry, Miss... Margot. I haven't seen Simeon since the two of you came on board. Well, wherever he is, I'm sure he's in good company. Won't you join me for a drink up on the Klondike deck? Perhaps closer to midnight, Mr. Old Newton. But thank you. I'm going to hold you to that, you know. Bonjour, Winston. Mademoiselle de Mazeneuve. Enchanté. What a delightful corsage. Merci beaucoup. What exactly are those? Lilies? Not exactly. Meanwhile, towards the aft section of the ship, Simeon St. Clair is hard at work. The notes of the Quebecois separatists would be in the aft section of the Moosejaw deck, but this whole area is deserted. Maybe this is the wrong deck. I don't see any signage. Blasted weather. Who would have thought all these clouds would get in the way of... The fuck? Of course, there's a chance this could all be an elaborate trap, because I still don't see what Canadian separatists would have to gain from an attack on New York Harbor. And who was this Alouetta who sent the note anyway? So many mysteries, so little... What's that? Darn this weather, I can't see my hand in front of my face. What is that? I smell flowers, but how can that be? What's that? Who's there? Simeon, is that you? <coughs> Margot, where are you? Simeon, I can't see you with all this fog. Ironic, isn't it? How so? Uh, never mind that now. What are, what are you doing at this end of the ship? You disappeared. One minute you were there, the next... Yes, well, you know how these swanky shipboard parties go. No, Simeon, not really. Oh, yes. Well, anyway... You left me with no choice but to chat with that Winston Walt Newton again. If I didn't know any better, I'd think you were trying to fix me up with him. Oh, he's a good man, Margot. 
a safe choice. And goodness knows he's well-connected. So you are trying to fix me up. Not at all. Winston's like that with everyone. It's how he stays connected. This fog is bloody ridiculous. Where in the blue blazes are you, Simeon? Is that you? And do you smell flowers? I'm over here. No, over here. And yes, now that you mention it, I do smell flowers. Is that Iris? I wouldn't know. I I just thought it was odd in the middle of New York Harbor. It is. It is odd, isn't it? Well, here, take my hand. Let me guide you to the stairs. You should go back to the party and enjoy yourself. Are you okay there? You sound like you could use a lozenge. I'm sorry, I had a fog in my throat. Don't you mean... Yes. Yes, I do. Now go, I'll be right behind you. If you insist. Is that you? Reach for my hand, Margot. But I'm holding your hand already. No, that's not me. Hey! Margot, what is it? Get your mitts off me, you darn dirty... Margot, where are you? Margot! Sweet dreams, bub. The Fog, brought to you by Chock Full of Coffee. The coffee with that extra special secret ingredient, more coffee. That's right, the mountain-rich, fresh-packed, freeze-dried beans that we harvest for Chock Full of Coffee go through a special process we like to call caffeine naturalization. This infuses every bean with the strength and purity of ten beans. Hi, hon, you look beat. What do you have? I've been driving this truck across the Yukon all night long, and boy are my arms tired, eh? No time to sleep, low. Gotta get to the Maritimes by noon. Oh, here, how about a steaming hot cup of chock full of coffee? Holy cats, lady! That's some coffee! That's not some coffee, that's all the coffee, eh? Chock full of coffee, for that wide-awake feeling all day long. And all night, too. And now, we return you to... The Fog. Oh, oh my. What is this? It appears someone's gotten a drop on me. If only I could get free of these ropes. Luckily, my trench coat has a belt with a buckle. On the back, modified it just a little. Now to cut myself loose before anyone notices. There. Morty, where have you gone? I'm right behind you, and you are under my control now. Are you alright? You sound a little hoarse. I'm fine, I'm fine. Now, who are you? Je suis Charret. Dev Charret. And I brought you here to help. What do you mean? You are the fog, no? Oui, I mean... I know what you mean. Alouette, you sent that note. Oui, I did do that thing. There are easier ways of getting my help. Ah, easier they may be. But they would not be the Quebecois way. Besides, I had to make it look good for the others, eh? There was much rejoicing when we uh, captured the fog. It was the easiest way to get you here on the inside. 
Fine, fine. Let's cut through the exposition. What's going on here? I have infiltrated the dreaded League of Flaudelie. Of course. The Quebecois separatists. So you're working undercover. Where, oui, Monsieur Fuck? I am but an officer of the Sûreté de Québec. Uh, how do you say? Copper? Copper. So what exactly is the League of Flaudelie after? Every member of the League has sworn an oath to give their life in pursuit of a sovereign Quebec. Madness. But the question remains, what does that have to do with a party in New York Harbor? Think, Monsieur Fogg. A symbol of freedom. A gift from the French people. The statue... <clears throat> oh, the Statue of Liberty. As you might say, a bingo. Come on, Simeon, I know you can hear this. Unless I miss my guess, these pipes wind their way through the ship. So maybe Simeon will hear me, maybe someone else. For all I know, it could even be the fog. Huh. Well, that's ironic. Course, God only knows who's brought me here. This could be Wald Newton's idea of a drink later. Oh, maybe I should have gone with him right then and explained. Eh, bonjour, ça va? Bonne année. I'm sorry, what's that? Voulez-vous un tarte de pomme? I'm afraid I don't speak French. Il y a onze. <laughs> what's that? I couldn't hear you. Can you move closer? Tu es un chameau mouli, chérie? Laissez le bon temps rouler vers Frère Jacques. Oh, you won't be needing this pistol anytime soon. Hmm, there's that iris scent again. How odd. Now to find Simeon. So you're saying the plan is to have members of the League of Fleur de Lis roaming the party until just before midnight, and then they'll take the guests hostage. Where, where? Much of the kitchen staff is in league. With the League. What is that? A scent. The unmistakable perfume of a dying iris, blended with cordite. Sucker blooms! Très bien, Monsieur Fogg. Why, if it isn't Fleur de Mazeneuve... You remembered. Nice corsage. You know one another? We have faced off once or twice in the past. <laughs> Is that what the Mast Avengers are calling it these days? So, what brings you to the City of Lights? Silly man, that is Paris. This is a city. It's full of lights. You do the math. What are the two of you talking about? Can't you guess, ma chère? No, that is why I ask. I was not talking to you. Using my innate mental abilities, and judging from the law of the economy of characters, I'm going to guess you're at the top of the dreaded League of Fleur de Lis. Once again, très bien. You always did have a firm grasp of the Aristotelian unities. Is that what you call those? I am sorry. In this conversation, I am completely at sea. Not the sea, my friend. Just the harbor. And now, ma chère, I am afraid it is time for the two of you to walk the plank. Not so fast, chérie. Didn't anyone ever tell you? You can't hold on to the fog. I beg to differ. 
What do you think I was doing in Gestad? Looking for a cuckoo clock? What is this? Are you flirting with her? Seriously? Fermez le bouche. Je me souviens. And then there were two. You know, Fleur, we've got to stop meeting like this. I told you au revoir did not really mean goodbye. I never said au revoir. I know. Not until now. Why are you waving your hand in my face? Miss Drummond, over here. What a pleasure to see you again. Oh, ma chère, that may have worked in Copenhagen. Mm, wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen. But fool me twice. The fog's not the only one who creeps in on little cat's feet. Levez la main. You heard the lady. Hands up. I think you forget, Monsieur Fogg, that I too have a gun. Wait, où êtes-vous? Tell your sins here to the Pearl Fog and know for once the deepening night. What does that... Oh! Take that, Frenchie. A bientôt. Quick, Miss Drummond, grab that rope. Look at you with another Sandberg poem. What can I say? The man liked to write about fog. Why, Miss Margot, what is going on out here? Why are you tying up Mademoiselle de Maisonneuve? Just helping the fog with... Hey, where'd he go? Margot? Winston? What's all this, then? The fog seems to have foiled a plot of some sort. I think. All I know is this lady was holding a gun on the fog and his friend over here. Why, this looks like the leader of the dreaded League of fleur de Lee. We'll want to secure her below decks until we reach port. I say, good show, old chap. What's a fleur-de-lis? The symbol of the province of Quebec, among other things. And the name of an organization who'll stop at nothing. Nothing. To see a separate sovereign Quebec. How do you know all that, Simeon? I may be a layabout millionaire playboy, Margot, but I do read the papers. What about you? What happened to you? Where did you get that gun? When I found you before, that flowery scent got stronger and stronger. The iris? Whatever it was. Next thing I knew, there was a handkerchief over my nose and I was out. The iris is one of the flowers that the Fleur de Lis can represent. Its essential oil is also commonly used in sedatives. I say, and her corsage! Exactly. I woke up below, locked in an engine room of some sort. I started tapping out an SOS on the pipes with my ring in case you were in earshot, but... I did hear that. I recognized the SOS and then, are you there, Cinnamon? Dash it all, I've got to brush up on my Morse code. Well, that sounds like a New Year's resolution, if ever I heard one. Happy New Year, Margo. Happy New Year, Cinnamon. A mutual production for the Finley Quality Network. With Dane Marmot as Simeon St. Clair. Ola Fairfield as Margot Drummond. Melissa Shane as Fleur de Maisonneuve. Glenn Feldspar as Winston Wald Newton. And Benny Lucado as Dave Charest. And introducing French Henchman. Brought to you by Chockful of Coffee. The coffeeest coffee with the secret ingredient, more coffee. 
graceful fight to the death. A medical man using a drug to fake our hero's demise. A miraculous return to life at the end. The Slave Girl episode of Gilligan's Island is a mock time. It aired six months before mock time was on the air. I posit to you that the producers of Star Trek saw that Gilligan's Island episode and said, hey, that's a great idea. And they turned it into this thing that we think is this incredibly original story today. Turns out it's not. It's a Gilligan's Island episode. Oh, I get emotional about this, but I, I, I think this has been a good discussion. I want to thank my guest, Scott McNulty. It is the most we've ever heard you talk in an episode. Thank you. See, Scout. Tune in again next time when we hear Timmy say... And God bless us, everyone. Jumping Jupiter. <laughs>